0: Uh, Well, good morning to you again. Um, It's good to be back. I was out for two weeks because we just had a baby. Uh, My wife had her first. I guess I did too. It's our first one. Uh, It's our first kid. Uh, His name's Fuller, and he's enormous. Um, And everything they say about parenting is true. You love them a lot. You hate them a little bit. Um, They cost you sleep and all that stuff. But um, it is certainly good to be back with you. I've missed you. I've missed being here. So, uh, as I have uh, been gone, we've started a new series. Uh, we finished up our little mini-series about the priesthood of believers. What does it mean, um, especially in, uh, in an age where the church can't meet normally, what does it mean that we are priests to the community, to those around us, uh, how to... Uh, how do we act and how do we uh, move into that uh, title that has been given to us? And then we have transitioned into uh, a series uh, loosely kind of structured around the Ten Commandments. And uh, and we do that because uh, we have been given our identity as priests and now the Ten Commandments um, and then some words of Jesus out of the Sermon on the Mount uh, tell us how we are to live, uh, what then uh, should we do now that we have this identity? How do we act that out? How do we live that out? So uh, this morning we're going to be in the book of Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 6, uh, verses 25 through 34. So Matthew 6:25 through 34. So let's give our attention to the reading of God's Word. If you have a copy of the scripture, you can open that. Uh, if not, I think it's going to be on the screen. I'm reading from the ESV uh, because I can, and I think what's on the screen is different, but You guys can figure it out. You'll figure it out. Uh, So let's give our attention to reading God's word. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Therefore, do not be anxious for tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own troubles. And I want to flip back to the book of Exodus, which is where uh, we find the Ten Commandments. So if you have your Bible, you can flip there, Exodus 20. Uh, I'm going to be in verse 1 and then verse 8. Exodus 20, verse 1, And God spoke all these words, saying, I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of slavery. Remember the Sabbath day and to keep it holy. Let's pray again. Father God, we are thankful. We're thankful for your word. We're thankful that you have offered us rest. And may we not leave here. Uh, without taking you up on that offer uh, through the blood and through the work of your son Jesus in whose name we do pray. Amen. Uh, I went to college at Tennessee Tech in Cookville just down the road and uh, while I was there I was involved in our denominations campus ministry uh, in RUF is what it's called and uh, so I was uh, I was a student RUF student and every Thursday was when we met afterwards we would all go back to my house uh, where I lived with Five other guys we called our house the players den we were real confident in ourselves and um and we would just invite whoever wanted to come to our house to watch the office that's when the office was it was like destination viewing you had to be there thursday at eight to watch it and uh and so we would have like folks my friends were young life leaders they would have like all their like all their young life college leader friends over and like all our ruf friends were over and our house was always just packed out and it was so fun and uh one evening, I noticed that I was looking around for my friend Nick, and I couldn't find him. But I knew that he had, like I gave him a ride to my house, so I knew he was there somewhere. And um, there were like all these people, and it's, it's so fun. And I go upstairs looking for Nick, and he's in my room, which was originally the bonus room. And he's just laying on my couch, and he's, he's in the fetal position, and he's just bawling. And uh, I was super like spiritually mature, and I went up to him, and I was like, hey, man, there are beer and girls downstairs. Why are you crying? Like, what's wrong with you? And uh, he looked at me and said, Daryl, my entire life was built on the principle that God loves good little boys and God loves good little girls. And as long as I do things that aren't bad, then God has to love me. Uh, But I've been reading all semester um, from scripture, and I'm seeing that that's not the case. So, everything I've built my life upon, I've found out is, is meaningless. So, we might as well go downstairs, and we might as well go watch the office and drink beer and talk to girls because none of this matters. None of this matters anymore. And I, I didn't know what to do, so I just walked out, and, um, <laughs> and I still think about it 12 years later or whatever. And what had happened to my friend Nick um, is not that unusual. Uh, because what has happened is that he lived his life uh, with this anxiety that as long as he did what he thought he was supposed to do, then, then life would really work out for him. He had fallen victim to this trap uh, that fueled his performance and fueled his entire life and it had failed him. Um, and this is what anxiety does. Uh, my friend Britton Wood says that anxiety is a terrorist who comes in and kidnaps you, takes you hostage, gives you a list of demands, and tells you that you'll be released once the ransom is paid? But the problem with it is that once we feel like we have, uh, or once we think rather that we've satisfied the demands that anxiety makes of us, it kind of changes the rules. It's like playing—it's like playing basketball with like a four-year-old. Like you swat them, and then they, and they're like, "Oh, I scored!" I'm like, "No, you didn't." Um, what we do is. We, we put all our trust and our hope in the things that we're anxious about, and we find out that those things are going to fail us. So in this passage in Matthew this morning, we're given one of these rare opportunities to hear from Jesus himself. Uh, Jesus preached sermons. Uh, this is probably his most famous one. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. And he's speaking directly to anxiety and directly to worry. And this connects with the Ten Commandments, the commandment that we read about remembering the Sabbath and to keep it holy, uh, because what anxiety does is it always keeps our heart busy, uh, and our heart can rarely, our hearts can rarely find rest. And what we'll see in this passage with Christ speaking to us is that because of Christ and His great promises that He makes to all His people, we can trust in His certainty. We can rest. In his certainty, when all else is shaken, uh, because of what he has done for us, we can rest in his certainty, when everything else is shaken. So we're going to have two points this morning, and then sort of a point of application, a so what point? So we're going to look at the act of anxiousness. What is the antidote to anxiousness? anxiousness, rather? and then so what? What does all this mean? Uh, so let's look back at the Matthew 6 passage, if we can throw that up. Um, again this is christ he's in the sermon on the mount it's his most famous sermon Um, and he's outlining what the kingdom of god is to be Um, he's he's telling everyone the kingdom of god is here and this is how it's going to look Uh, this is what we're going to do if you're a part of it Uh, this is how it's going to advance across the earth it's going to look different uh, than any other kingdom you can think of and we get to chapter six and he's speaking directly to anxiousness because the thing about anxiousness and anxiety, especially for us, is that it's become such a normal part of life uh, that it's easy to sort of ignore it and just hope it goes away. Um, except it's like having a mountain lion in your house. Like it's just going to pounce on you at some point when you're asleep. Um, And Jesus has finished this long diatribe about money and about treasure and our relationship to it. And then he comes in with verse 25 to say, therefore, I tell you, don't be anxious about your life. And if we stopped right there, it's pretty easy to be like, well, thanks for nothing, Jesus. Uh, This is like getting dating advice from somebody that's terrible at dating. They're like, yeah, man, just go, just send her flowers. It's fine. Like, well, that doesn't really work. Like, nothing you said makes any sense. Uh, or it's like those, dove, you know those Dove chocolate squares? I love those things, but they're stupid, and I'll tell you why. Um, because you open that foil, and it has those dumb messages in it. It's like, just live life with purpose. I'm like, shut up, Dove. Like, make your chocolate bigger and, and leave the counseling to the professionals. Like, just give me chocolate. Uh, because we all know that anxiety is bad, right? We all know this. It's not anything that is, should be news to us. Uh, it's like mcdonald's fries sure they're not healthy but i'm still gonna eat them Um, because that's what jesus is trying to get to the root of here and trying to extract um, is that we've placed our hopes and dreams and desires into things that can never bear the weight of what we're asking them to bear Uh, anxiety has seduced us into believing that it can that if we just worry enough about it um, if i continue to keep thinking about whatever it is that's driving my anxiety, then it'll work out. Um, think about how we talk about the pandemic, right? When all this is over, we're gonna go party, super hard. Like when all this is over, we're going to the beach together. We're gonna get an apartment together. When all this is over, when there's a vaccine, then we're gonna be okay. And that might be true until the next person eats a bat and then we're all stuck under our toilet paper stash again uh, because anxiety will, will lead you to believe that no one is worthy of trust anxiety wants you to believe that no one is worthy of trust like I said earlier we had my wife and I had a baby two weeks ago and um y'all it's the weirdest thing because you're like in the hospital and everybody's helping you out and then like two days later they just kick you out and you're like is this car seat right and they like check it and they're like sure see ya and y'all we had the baby at Midtown St. Thomas Midtown we live in Lenox Village Um, just south of town a little bit it took me an hour to get home Um, it's the slowest I've ever driven in my life because all of a sudden I was like holy cow there's a small child back here and I was suddenly aware of everyone else's terrible driving um, and also aware of how often I pick up a phone and look at it while I'm driving myself a guy ran a red light next to me y'all they wouldn't let me preach if that had been recorded I was so mad at this guy but I was really mad at myself because I was trusting in my abilities to keep my son safe. And I quickly came to see that I have zero control. Zero control. And we work so hard at our jobs to provide a life that we have dreamt up for ourselves. We've sacrificed our love lives. We've sacrificed friendships. Uh, we sacrifice sacrificed church engagement all on the altar of progress. Or we say yes Uh, to every possible opportunity uh, for the fear that we might miss out on something great. Uh, We place our hopes in a vaccine or a presidential candidate or in a protest movement only to find that at the end of the day, it's all vapor. It's all vapor. It's all gone. What our anxiety has told us to believe is that life is up to us. And if you simply start building your own little kingdom, if we start laying bricks, Um, you can protect yourself if you start building up walls then nobody can get in um, and everything will be safe and secure um, until we find that the ground that we're building on has the structural integrity of a bag of doritos and it's just going to crumble and crust and it's not certain so if that's the act of anxiety what's the antidote Um, how do we make a way out of this which would be our second point here The antidote to anxiety is that thankfully Jesus doesn't just stop at saying not to be anxious. Um, He expounds on his command by providing for us the reason behind it. Uh, Jesus is saying that the way out of worry, uh, the avenue out of your anxiousness is to rest in him. It's by resting in him. Um, Something that I'm terrible at, I would guess we all are, But Jesus even throws in some examples of exactly what he he means here because he tells us to rest, but he also tells us to consider. So as we're resting, we're to think about um, two things, two kind of weird things. Um, Because rest, y'all, isn't just about like the vacation that we're hoping to take. Um, He's talking about rest of the heart. Uh, It's not that our lives are busy, it's that our hearts are busy. Um, because if, uh, so often we look like ducks on a pond, like we're just kind of gliding across, Uh, but if you look under the water, like our feet are kicking super hard. And he tells us to rest by thinking about the birds and then by thinking about the grass, by birds and grass. Um, In verse 26 he says, Look at the birds of the air that neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father knows them, and aren't you more valuable than they are? Do you you believe that this morning, Um, that we're more valuable to God than a bird, Uh, like than an eagle or a crane or the tufted titmouse, which is my favorite name for a bird? Like, where'd you come up with that one, Adam? Um, That of all these things that we see, the beauty that we bestow, Jesus says, you're worth more than that. Uh, You're worth more than that. I bought a house back in May um, in this neighborhood that we love and uh, because I'm 38 and weird I get super excited about what my grass is going to look like and so like a week ago we had a guy come out and uh, he like aerated and fertilized and seeded our grass and it's as boring as it sounds Uh, but I was super pumped because I have these grand visions of my yard looking like a golf course like the grass being super soft it like won't break eggs if you drop them on it and I want a yard of the month sign I want it and I'm going to get it and, uh, like, the next day at, like, 7.12 a.m., there's a pack of guineas, like a flock of guineas. If you don't know what a guinea is, just Google it. Uh, the, it's, like a, it's like in between a chicken and a turkey. Um, this flock of guineas comes into my yard because we have this gate in our backyard, but there's a hole in it because my wife broke it the first day we got the house. Um, and these guineas, they start walking to my yard, and they're eating my grass seed. And I was like... <laughs> not today guineas and uh it was just, actually just today but the next day I set my alarm for 7:10, and I grabbed my dogs I have two black labs Samson and Bo and uh I take them down and I, I like sit them at the patio door and I watch the guineas walk in and I'm like go release the hounds and they're chasing these guineas off and I do it every day for three days and I was like these guineas will get the, they'll, they'll get the message except they come back at 4:18 in the evening morning and evening shift uh, so at 4.18, I got my dogs ready. They're going after them. But the guineas then figured out they'll get out of the backyard and go to the front yard. And I can't let my dogs out because I don't have a fence. And so um, uh, I'm like bottle feeding my son who's five days old at this point. Uh, I'm in a, like a tank top that's been spit up on. So it's like this milk-stained tank top. And I see the guineas in the, in the front yard. And I grab my – I'm out of the camera frame, sorry. Uh, I grab my child and my Chaco's. And I'm running out the door, and I'm just chucking stuff, throwing chacos, trying to hit these guineas. And y'all, it worked because they haven't been back. Um, but the thing of that is that the guineas don't care, right? They just went to my neighbor Alex's yard and started eating his grass. Uh, like they don't care. Um, they've been provided for by God, and Jesus is saying, "Look at these birds, who even when they have chacos tossed at them or black labs sicked on them, they just eat." And they don't worry about it. And uh, Jesus tells us, consider the flowers, to look at the lilies that don't toil or spin, that Solomon, who's the richest man in history, uh, wasn't dressed anywhere as close uh, to how these flowers appear. Here's Jesus, standing in front of us, uh, standing in front of the crowd here, standing in front of us today through his word, and he's saying that I caused the sun to rise this morning. If I don't come back today, if Jesus doesn't come back, then the sun's going to set this afternoon. And it's going to do the same thing tomorrow. It's going to do the same thing tomorrow. Uh, Jesus, who carved out Yellowstone with his finger, the same Jesus who later in this book would march to a cross broken and bloodied, bearing the sins of his creation, stands in front of us this morning and says, that kingdom that you're building... The protection, the walls that you're making for yourself is never going to hold. Um, in fact, I've come to destroy it. I've come to knock it down. And then he says, and seek my kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness and all those things that you're worried about, the significance, the security, the purpose, the identity, and the hope, and desire, and love, and family, and belonging. All of these things will be given to you. Friends, Jesus is the only certainty we have in the midst of so much uncertainty. He's the only certainty we have. And we know this. We know this at a fundamental level because we've had parents that we've loved who have died. We've had friends who we've cared about who have stabbed us, not just in the back, but they've stabbed us in the front. We've had children who've gone astray. We've not gotten our dream job we've sat at weddings and wondered why can't that be me the world the world was moving along fine in 2019 right like it was a little crazy but like we could see each other's faces like it was moving along fine and then like a like a tiny pandemic came and wrecked it all um friends hear this jesus jesus isn't shaken by any of that Uh, jesus understands that And Jesus isn't nervous about it. Um, Jesus isn't anxious. Jesus isn't worrying. He's not twiddling his thumbs in heaven. He knows what it's like to see loved ones pass away. And he knows what it's like to have friends kind of leave him when he needed them the most. Uh, He sat on a mountain overlooking Jerusalem and said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I long to gather you. Like a mother hen gathers her chicks. He knows the pain of children who have gone astray, and he knows the pain of loneliness, yet he stands in the midst of it. He stands in the midst of it, taking the master plan of hell, which was to kill him, and then this whole movement would die. And he even took that and used it for good. And if he can do that with the master plan of hell, then there's no evil in our lives that he can't turn to good. If Jesus can do that with a master plan of hell, then there's no anxiety in your life that he can't turn to rest. Uh, So, what does this mean? Uh, What does this mean for us? Um, Because, Darryl, I can take medicine for my anxiety and still do what I want. What is so good about Jesus that he can even make such a claim? Uh, Jesus makes this claim because this is true. He didn't die for birds. Uh, He didn't die for the grass. He didn't suffer and toil for some flowers. Uh, And we have to see Jesus breathing and living and teaching and bleeding and dying because what it took for Jesus to save us cost him his life. This is why you're worth more than birds. Uh, This is why you're worth more than the grass. Because Jesus gave his life willingly as a lamb led to slaughter, Scripture says, And that before the foundation of the earth was laid, God set his affection on you, which means that you are untouchable. If he did this before anything else was made, that means you are locked and secured in him if you're connected to Jesus this morning and nothing can touch that. It's the one thing in life that you can't lose. Uh, And as the missionary Jim Elliott says, he is no fool who loses what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. He is no fool who loses what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. What Jesus offers you, what Jesus offers me this morning is certainty. Uh, He offers us a life hidden in him, free from the cold grip of anxiousness because we know that ultimately he is the one who will not let us go. That it is he who is guiding us. That it is he who loves us. That he is the non-anxious presence that we desperately want. And he's the non-anxious presence that your friends desperately need. And we can be certain of Jesus being the best kind of friend because we know that nothing in this world, nothing in this world, nothing that anxiety can promise us compares to what we have found in the arms of Jesus. Let's pray together. Our great and gracious Heavenly Father, we do uh, so desperately long for this to be true. uh, And yet you have shown us that it is. Uh, Lord, as our anxious hearts uh, are looking around every corner and scanning every horizon uh, for whatever possible threat we see, uh, may we see you standing there. Uh, May we see you uh, with arms wide open. welcoming us, uh, welcoming us into your fold, uh, calling us home, um, and becoming for us what we desperately need, which is rest, uh, that you are our Sabbath rest. Um, It's not just a day of the week, but it's a person, and because of you, uh, our hearts uh, can find comfort, uh, our hearts can find freedom, uh, freedom from anxiety, uh, and freedom from the myriad sins uh, that bog us down, Uh, Jesus, would you be so kind uh, in these next few songs uh, to meet us, uh, to break our hearts, to wreck our kingdoms, and to lead us to you. And it's in your name we do pray. Amen.